Welcome back to a new episode of the I Don't Care, I Love It podcast. I'm your host, Haley. I'm so happy to be recording today, you guys. It's just, it's so much fun for me. (laughs) I'm so happy to be recording. So thank you for being here. I Don't Care, I Love It is a podcast where I talk about whatever I want, whatever's on my mind. Sometimes it's a little cringe, but I don't care. I love it. I'm having fun. So that's what it's all about. Today's episode, I'm so excited. We're finally doing it. We are doing a whole episode on the royal family. A deep dive for some, a shallow recap for others. It kind of depends what you know about the royal family, but I have been binging The Crown. I watched all five seasons, and then I watched the Harry and Meghan documentary, and I'm just fascinated, and I just, I'm, I'm so fascinated by the royal family, and can't wait to talk about it. We're going to kind of do a recap of the royal family timeline via The Crown, the Harry and Meghan debacle, share some opinions. So this is kind of the one-stop shop for you if you are an American like me and pretty much know nothing about the royal family and or you don't want to watch The Crown, but you want to know what all the hype is about. I got you. Okay, but first, I feel like I haven't just sat down and talked to you guys in a while. Last week, we had our interview with Brianna, which was so fun and amazing, but I feel like I haven't had a second to just be like, what's up? (laughs) So, a couple things on my mind lately. First of all, I just finished reading A Court of Thorns and Roses. <laughs> why is that why is that so hard to say? A Court of Thorns and Roses. <laughs> um so I'm kind of in the past like 2 years or so I've become a reader all of a sudden and I am kind of embarrassed to admit that I love like fantasy. And everybody has been saying like this is the series you have to read. This is so good, all this stuff. So I finally broke down and read it. I read it in like three or four days, which is pretty fast for me, especially because it's a huge book. Um, I don't know how I feel about it, you guys. Like, I guess I feel like I liked the premise and the overall plot a lot more than I liked the actual book and what actually happened. I don't know. I thought it was good and I was dying to get to the end to see what happens, but I just, I don't know how I feel about it. And then I accidentally saw a spoiler. I'm in this group chat, like this Facebook Messenger group chat, which is really fun, just about like ladies who read. And they were talking about some of their favorite fantasy books. And I accidentally saw someone kind of posted a spoiler in there from book two. And I'm really not happy about the spoiler I read. (laughs) And I don't want X thing to come to fruition. And so now I don't want to read book two. And everyone's saying book two is so good. So I don't know. The The last thing I'll say about A Court of Thorns and Roses or a Kotar, as people say, is I feel like Feyre, the main girl, she's a little dramatic. Like, I just feel like she takes things a little too seriously. And I don't know. I just feel like it's a little bit too dramatic, which coming from me, that's a lot because I love the drama. I love the cheesy everything, but I don't know. So anyways, that's my take on A Court of Thorns and Roses. Um, But it was fun because I've just been reading so many pregnancy books and I just felt like I needed to get out of my head and just read something just totally mindless and just fantasy, you know? So that was good. So I don't know. I got book two. We'll see if I end up reading it or returning it or deciding what to do with it. Number two thing on my mind is Tom Brady. Okay. So people love to say Tom Brady's the GOAT, the greatest of all time, whatever. This is not a debate on that. But I have, I have secondhand embarrassment for Tom Brady. I'm just, I'm super embarrassed for him, the way he like retired and then the way he unretired and then he had a horrible season and then he lost his wife and I'm just like, what are you doing, Tom Brady? Like, what is this all for? And I'm just super embarrassed for him. And the thing is, is boys will defend Tom Brady until the day that they die Like, they will go to the ends of the earth to defend Tom Brady. If you say anything like, oh, man, that's super embarrassing. They're like, he's the greatest of all time. They love to, I don't know. I don't know why boys are so defensive of Tom Brady. I still think he's a great guy. I still am so impressed by the way he takes care of his body and his career. But I'm embarrassed for him. Like, just 
right into the sunset. And it's not even that he didn't ride into the sunset. It's that he started and then he turned around and then it just didn't go well. I was just, I'm just like, stop. Like, can we just, anyways, I'm just embarrassed for him. And I don't understand why boys can't accept that what he's doing that it's embarrassing. Okay. It's okay. Even Tom Brady can be cringe because we're all a little bit cringe. Um, next on my list of things on my mind is very simple. We have Smith's grocery delivery via Instacart. Honestly, like, what are you doing if you don't get your groceries delivered? Seriously, going to the grocery store is such a freaking pain. We used to have Walmart delivery, Walmart Plus or whatever. It was like, I think $8 a month. They did a horrible job. (laughs) They did such a bad job. They... Like, we would get, I remember we'd always get fruit and stuff that was, like, straight up rotten. And they did a horrible job. But we switched switched to Smith's, which I think their produce is better. And the shopper does such a good job. They text me. They're like, hey, I'm at the store. Um, they're out of organic strawberries. What do you want me to do? I'm like, oh, you can just do regular. Or I tell them, like, what I want. Like, they're, they're talking to me while they're shopping. They do a really good job picking out produce. They do a really good job with substitutions. It is awesome. And I think it's like $50 a year for unlimited free delivery to your house, you guys. Anyways, this isn't an ad for Smiths, but like if you don't have grocery delivery, what are you doing? Honestly, like it is, it is one of the best things that I've ever done for myself. Um, okay. One more thing to talk about, um, I don't know if you guys feel like this, but getting my nails done is such a chore for me. Like, if I go by myself, if I'm going with the girls, that's totally different. But it's just like not, I don't know, it's such a chore. I hate doing it. So my nails are so nasty right now because I just, I hate getting my nails done. I don't know. Does anyone else feel like that? I know that it's supposed to be super fun. It is if I'm going with friends, but if I go by myself... It is such a chore. I just don't want to carve out the time for it. I don't know. So my nails suffer. Um, yeah, that's on my mind. All right. So let's get into the meat and potatoes. <laughs> oh, okay. Let's get into the main part of this episode, which is the royal family. So basically what happened is I went to England in like 20, was that 2017? Can't remember. Something like that. It's, it's been a few years and we walked around London and we went to like Buckingham Palace and all this stuff and we were with our friends who are British or English or they're like from England. Shout out to you, Becca. And I was just like, what the heck is this royal family thing? Like, I just couldn't believe, like, no offense, like the chokehold that they had on the country and just, I know it's so ironic because I'm an American and that's literally why America exists, but I just... I don't get it. And so ever since then, I've started this, like, I, I I wouldn't, I definitely wouldn't call it an obsession, but I just, I love to deep dive and research and watch and read up on the royal family. And I'm just, I'm trying to understand like the psychology behind why it's still a thing because it is just bonkers to me. So if you are like me and you are, you just don't even understand like what is, what is it all about? Like, what even is, who even is in the royal family, etc.? This is your one-stop shop for a little overview of the royal family, the Queen Elizabeth dynasty, all that stuff. So, the first thing you need to know is there was Queen Elizabeth II, who was the queen who just died, and she was the queen for like a million years. Cute little old lady, okay? And then she was married to someone named Philip, and his title was the Duke of Edinburgh, is how they say it. It's spelled Edinburgh, so I don't know if, as an American, the the correct pronunciation is Edinburgh or Edinburgh, <laughs> but that's what they say it, so whatever. And then she had four kids with Philip, Charles, who is now the king, King Charles, okay, Anne, which was her only daughter, and then Andrew and Edward. It's kind of funny because you wouldn't even... Like, you never hear about Anne, Andrew, or Edward. Like, no one cares about anyone other than the heir to the throne. And I'm sure you've heard a lot about Charles. So, that's kind of the rundown. So, a lot of this 
we're just going to kind of go, I think it's broken down really well in the seasons of the crown. There's five seasons and it just goes through Queen Elizabeth's monarchy. And it kind of really helped me understand the royal family and the psychology and the systems and the relationships of everybody. So we're going to break it down into seasons. Um, So a lot of this information is just from what I learned from the crown. Please know I'm not claiming any of it to be totally correct or accurate and all these opinions are my own. So don't come at me, people who listen to this in England. (laughs) But anyways, that's what that is. I feel like I've watched a lot of documentaries and stuff about the royal family, but I like The Crown because, first of all, it's fun to watch. It's, like, a little more dramatized. And two, I feel like they do a pretty good job of making it non-biased, even though it's made by BBC, etc. Um, another, I took a couple things from, there's a podcast called You're Wrong About. I love that podcast. And they did, it must have been, like, seven episodes or something about Princess Diana It was very good, very, very in-depth if you're more curious about, if you're curious about Princess Diana. Um, But yeah, one thing that the the host of You're Wrong About said that I'm going to kind of bring up a little bit during this recap is they say that being a member of the royal family is a form of abuse. And at first I was like, that's absurd. They're literally royal, like they have everything perfect. But the more I've been diving into it and reading about it, the more I totally agree. Like, they have all these crazy rules and I don't, it's just, and it's just crazy what they have to do and what they do to each other. And I'm just like, for what? What's it for? Like, the people don't like it. It's crazy how many people don't like it or at least are indifferent or don't care about the royal family. And the royal family's all miserable because of all their rules. So it just feels like a lose-lose to me. So it does kind of feel like a form of abuse, which I thought was a very hot take when I first heard that. Credit to them. Okay, so let's start with season one. So season one pretty much starts right when Queen Elizabeth II becomes the queen. Um, And the, the years of season one are like 1947 to 1955. So end of the 40s, beginning of the 50s, which feels like a million years ago. So what happens is Queen Elizabeth actually was never meant to be queen. Like her family was never, you know, in the direct line of secession. Her uncle actually was king and he wanted to marry a an American woman who was a divorce lady. And this comes up so much in the royal family's narrative, but they are like so anti-divorce because the monarch or the current king or queen is the head of the king of the Church of England, excuse me. And the Church of England is like so anti-divorce. And so they are not allowed to marry someone who's divorced, essentially. So he wanted to marry this divorce lady. And because of that, he had to do what's called abdicating the throne, which is like giving up being the king. And it was like pretty shameful. And he got banned from England. He's he's not allowed. I mean, he's dead now. But for like the, the rest of his life, he wasn't allowed to enter England. They all like thought he was just the worst. Very, very interesting. So they talk a lot about having an heir and a spare. So this guy was the heir who became king. And then Queen Elizabeth's dad was the spare, who then became king. He wasn't king for very long because he got sick. And then he died while Elizabeth, who was next in line to the throne, because she's the oldest, was on a tour of the Commonwealth. The Commonwealth is like all of the countries that are under, yeah, that recognize the Queen of England or the King of England as the monarch. They recognize the whole royal family institution. So they go on tours to kind of keep everybody in line and make sure they all still like them and will continue to pay. So she's in South Africa and they're like, hey, your dad died. You're queen now. And immediately she has to like go into queen mode. I don't know. It's very interesting. And she finishes her tour, comes home and sees her mom and her sister. She has one sister And then her mom, whose husband just died, and she's sad that her dad died. He seemed like a really great guy. They seemed like they were very close. She's mourning, and she goes up to hug her mom and her sisters. And I don't know if this is real, but this is how it's portrayed in The Crown. She wants to go up and, like, hug them, and they bow to her. 
they like get really low and bow because she's now the queen. And they talk about how the crown is this big burden to bear. Now, <laughs> I mean, if they don't want to do it, I mean, I don't get it. <laughs> but anyways, so Elizabeth, I actually really like her. I think that she does a good job. I like her as a person. She really tries to do her best. And from what I've gathered from the crown, the point of the royal family is to continue the monarchy. <laughs> Just continue having kings and queens and continue being in power. That's like their number one job. Other than that, it's really just to like have no opinions, just go to events, maybe do charities, kind of be mysterious. It's very interesting, like the point of them. So anyways, Elizabeth is very straight laced. She's no nonsense. She was like raised for this ever since that happened. You know, she's been told that she was going to be next in line. And so she understands the job and she really wants to do a good job. So she's she's like ready to go um her so she right before she becomes queen she gets married to this guy named philip that we were talking about philip the duke of edinburgh philip is the worst they seem like they're really in love and they had a good marriage but once she becomes queen he like really resents her he doesn't want to how do i say this he doesn't want he doesn't like um bowing down to her or that she's more important than him or has a superior title honestly he's just very misogynistic he just hates it that he's like second best or whatever and he is a child so most of season one like most of like the first at least 10 years of her monarchy is him just going to clubs cheating on her being in the news doing all these crazy things and she just has to turn the other cheek and says, you know what, whatever has to happen because we absolutely cannot get divorced. Like that is worst case scenario to her, which I do kind of have a soapbox about divorce. I do not think divorce is the worst thing. I do not. So anyways, it's just so weird. And yeah, anyways. So then the queen has a little sister. Her name's Margaret and she is kind of a hot mess. I really don't like Margaret. <laughs> she sucks. But um, she's like a loose cannon, and she's appropriately portrayed by the lady who plays Bellatrix Lestrange, the actress. Like, those are the kind of vibes that Margaret is, okay? So Margaret, her little sister, falls in love with this guy, Peter Townsend, and he works at the palace and stuff, and they want to get married. The only problem is he's divorced. And anytime you want to marry someone who's divorced, you have to get the queen's approval, so Margaret goes to her sis, like, hey, sis, keep in mind, Elizabeth is 25. Like, she's my age. She goes, she's like, hey, sis, I want to marry Peter. So, you know, just kind of want to do the formality of getting out of the way of asking your opinion. And Elizabeth is like, no, I'm sorry, I can't allow that. Because she takes her job very, very seriously. She's head of the Church of England. She's the monarch. Divorce is like the number one no-no. <laughs> and so she's like, no, you can't, you can't get married. And then furthermore, she sends Peter away to, like, Scotland on special assignment. Totally separates them. Margaret is pissed. And they have, like, a big rift in their relationship. So, basically, the first season of The Crown, the first, like, ten years, is just Elizabeth, like, trying to keep the rules and be the queen. Philip sucking and, like, cheating on her and being awful. And Margaret just being, like, a sprawled rotten brat, <laughs> as my mom would say. So, kind of weird. Yeah, I don't, I'm just like, what even is all this about? But anyways, I digress. So then season two, moving right along to season two, is about from 1956, 1964. So the next about 10 year stretch of her uh, reign, I guess is the right word. It sounds so weird to say those words. So how it starts is Philip, the queen's husband, is being a child. And he always complains that he has to bow down to his wife and that he's bored and he is so annoying. So the queen is like, how can I make Philip feel more important? So she sends him on this big five-month tour in the royal yacht with all his buddies to go tour the Commonwealth. It's like anytime you want to do something with a member of the royal family, you just send him on a tour of the Commonwealth. <laughs> so when that happens, very controversial... 
Philip's number two. He has like this number two guy who's kind of like his personal secretary, does everything for him, but is also his best, best friend. His name's Mike Parker. His wife files for divorce. And at this time, in like the 50s, it is super hard to get a divorce. Basically, you have to have concrete proof that the other partner is cheating. So she goes through, I mean, good for her. I would not be down (laughs) for my husband to just be going off with the Duke of Edinburgh and just cheating on me. Like, no. So she goes through crazy efforts to get letters that Mike has sent home to their boys club of things that him and Philip have been doing. She uses that as concrete evidence to file for a divorce. So essentially her getting a divorce on the grounds that Mike is cheating on her via this letter pretty much proves that Philip has been cheating on Elizabeth, which everybody kind of knew, but it just, it looks really bad in the press. And it's just, it's weird. It's like the Queen of England, you know, big deal. Here's her husband just being an absolute child and just running around and cheating on her. I don't know. So it looks really bad. And one thing that's interesting to me is the royal family's relationship with the press. They they have this weird relationship. Essentially, you know, the British public taxpayer money pays for everything that they do their whole life, right? So the public feels an obligation to be able to know and exploit anything they want about their life, which I think is pretty reasonable. So they're kind of always trying to like handle the press, but then they're always at the mercy of the press. Like this can't get to the press. The press is going to destroy us because they're always trying to keep their image. And constantly in the crown, people are talking about getting rid of the monarchy and It seems like Elizabeth's sole purpose in life is to continue the monarchy for what? I don't know, because she even says like she doesn't really like being queen. She'd rather just ride horses and hang out with her corgis. So again, it's just like, what are we all doing this for? Anyways, that goes over really poorly in the the press. And they have this dramatic scene where she meets him in the royal yacht and she just says, what is it going to take? Like, she basically says, the option that's available for everybody else, aka divorce, is simply not an option for the monarch. So she basically says, what is it going to take? Like, what's your price? I think she says, name your price, actually. Like, do whatever you want. I just want to keep my image that we're still married. Like, insert eye roll, (laughs) like, that this is happening. And Philip, he's such a baby. He says he wants to be made a prince. Again, he's all about the status. He hates being quote-unquote, lesser than his wife. Can you imagine if there was, like, a king and the queen was acting this way? Anyways, ridiculous. So, Philip is a prince now. Woohoo! Um, She's had four kids by this point. She knocked out having those kids. She had them all. She has to do a lot. I mean, she pretty much has to, like, keep the family together because everyone is a loose cannon. And there's so much political unrest right now. There's like the Suez Canal. A lot of countries are wanting to leave the Commonwealth, which is like, oh no, we'll get like less money. Essentially, our power diminishes. So, I mean, shout out to Elizabeth. She is really keeping it together. One other thing that becomes more prominent in in season two is they are so awful to the staff in the palace. So the queen lives in Buckingham Palace. There's Kensington Palace. There's all these other palaces around London that different members of the royal family live in. And then she has, you know, other houses, like her favorite places in Scotland and things that she goes and visits. There's a lot of staff. And they are so rude. Elizabeth actually is pretty good. But Margaret and Philip are so condescending. Like, They'll tell people to shut up. They'll tell them to get out of the room. Like, they just act so much holier than thou. But they keep saying that their roles are to be, like, public figures and serve the country. And here Philip is just starting, like, these men's gross men's clubs and just kind of, like, partying. And Margaret is a partier. They don't really do any good for anyone. And they just kind of wallow and complain and then are so rude to the house staff. I really, it makes me really uncomfortable. I really don't like it. So then, do you guys remember Peter Townsend, Margaret's like love of her life, who's divorced and they got separated? They made a promise to each other that neither of them would ever marry. Then Peter sends her a letter and is like, hey, I'm getting married. I'm so sorry. So Margaret freaks out and marries this photographer guy, Tony, who doesn't even like her. 
they are a hot mess. <laughs> like, Margaret is just such a mess. And then something that's really interesting is the Duke of Edinburgh goes on a tour of, of America for some reason, like, because, you know, we're allies, we're friends. So he goes on a tour of America and he's being interviewed on a talk show and he's complaining that the royal family doesn't get enough money, that, like, they're poor and they could use more money for this or that. And that does not go over well. I mean, can you imagine if, like, the president of the United States, like, went on a talk show and was like, yeah, it just, like, kind of sucks. Like, I don't, we don't get enough money. (laughs) Like, it's bad, especially when they're in there for life and they really don't do much public service. So, yeah. Okay. One of the big parts of season two is Prince Charles kind of comes into the picture. He's a child at this time, but, you know, there's they're always focused on the heir, the heir to the throne. And the heir to the throne is Charles, who, spoiler alert, is now king. So they really focus a lot on his education and making sure he's all ready to be a king and then the other kids just kind of do whatever they want. So Philip went to this school called Gordonston in Scotland. It is, like, crazy. <laughs> it's, like manual labor, school, cold showers, like sleep in horrible circumstances, like eat eat each other alive, eat your young, really awful place. And Charles at this time, he, Charles is very, very weird. He's just a weird dude. And he likes theater and he likes opera and he's really into art and he's really like sensitive. He's like a total nerd, okay? At school, they all make fun of him. Like he just already has a hard time socially. And Philip is like, Charles, my son, has to go to Gordonston. There's no other option. And Elizabeth is like, that is going to destroy him. And he's like, he has to man up and go to Gordonston. So they take him to Gordonston and he is like literally abused. All the other kids are so awful to him because he's the heir to the throne. And a lot of people don't like the monarchy. You know, they're like, my parents say whatever. So they treat him awfully. It's so sad. He tries to run away. It is so sad. And I feel like that probably psychologically really messed him up having to go to this like manual labor school, being bullied so badly when he just wanted to be in his plays and stay at his school that he was at in London where he had like two friends, you know? So, I mean, I I really don't like Charles at all. Like, I think he's the worst, but I'm kind of like, no wonder he's the worst. I mean, his life sucks. Again, it's abuse. I mean, he he's just been raised to have to do all these things to be this person that he doesn't want to be. So honestly, really sad. So we move into season three. The queen is getting older. She's middle-aged now. This takes place during like the 1964 to 1977 era. Um, one good thing about this progression is Philip finally starts to, starts to act like a little less of a baby. I mean, I think he's approaching 60 at this point, 50, 60. So, like, he's kind of starting to get over himself, which is nice. Um, Princess Margaret is just worse as ever. She's miserable. She's so rude. She's a partier. She's just freaking drama. Yeah. Okay, so this season is all about Camilla and Charles. I'm just, I'm so interested in the whole Camilla, Charles, Diana love triangle, and it is really sad. So basically this is what happens is Charles, Prince Charles at the time, he is just, he's a freaking weirdo. Like he's just weird. He has zero social skills. Like he, I mean, he's portrayed this way. I don't know how he really is as like the most conceited person in the world. He thinks he's so much better than everyone. He's so annoying. He's like the, the the bad kind of nerd, you know? Like, I mean, there's really cute, sweet, nice nerds. He is not that. He's like a nerd, zero social skills, and thinks he's so much better than everyone. And like, a, supposedly whoever he's with, it doesn't matter. Like, he's the kind of person who doesn't ask you a single question about yourself or even let you talk. He just likes to give whoever he's with long lectures about whatever he's reading, I don't know. He is just the worst. And he meets this lady named Camilla Parker and she loves him for it. She's like his biggest champion. She 
just like thinks he's the greatest, lifts him up, builds him up because he has such low self-esteem. They are so perfect for each other. They fall in love. They're like as in love as anyone has ever been in love. And the royal family, the queen, Philip, everybody is not okay with Charles marrying Camilla. For whatever reason, their families are friends. Like Camilla's is in high circles, but for whatever reason, they're not okay with it. It seems like the main reason was just that Charles was too young, they said, and they didn't like where it was going. They really want to like have the right image of the future king. So they are not okay with him marrying Camilla. So the family has this meeting without Charles or Camilla knowing with Camilla's parents and this and her ex-boyfriend's parents. Um, and his last name is Bowles, so that's how she's Camilla Parker Bowles. And they're like, hey, Camilla and this other guy have to get married, like, right now. Like, can you guys make sure that happens? Because Camilla and Charles cannot happen. So they make, his name's Andrew Parker Bowles. They make Camilla and Andrew get married, and she becomes Parker Bowles, but Charles and Camilla don't just fall out of love because she gets married. Like, they just start an awful affair. Like, they are so in love. It's really sad. And this is kind of a theme with the royal family that you've already seen three times, is like, no, you know, that old king can't marry his divorced girlfriend, so he has to not become queen. And then Margaret can't marry her divorced boyfriend again so he gets like deported basically and then Charles just wants to marry this girl but she's too young I mean it's just they have this really big the image of who they marry and stuff is such a big deal and they're always trying to control it and every single time it blows up in their face so it is just a freaking mess so Charles just nobody likes him he he is ready to become Prince of Wales, which is the title that you get when you're next in line to the throne. He's ready to become like crowned or like officially made that title. So he goes to live in Wales to learn how to speak Welsh for his acceptance speech. Welsh is like a crazy language. It's like not at all similar to English. And everybody hates him. And again, he just like has this horrible experience of no friends and everybody hates him and Camilla gets married and, I mean, I think Charles is the worst, like I said, but I feel really bad for him. Like, he is just getting destroyed. So then, season four is when things get really interesting. Season four is the 80s, and it's Charles and Diana season. So now, they feel like Charles is old enough and at an appropriate age to get married, I guess. So, they start setting him up on these dates with, like, really high-class, appropriate women for him to marry. And he goes on a date with Diana's older sister, and he sees Diana. Diana has a crush on him, and she's a lot younger than him. She's, like, 10 years younger than him. I think she's 18, and he's, like, 29 at this time. Um, but she really wanted to meet him, and, and she thinks he's so cute, so she keeps kind of, like, popping up. And anytime they're at, like, a, a fancy event, she kind of comes and, like, talks to him. And so... Yeah, the family's like, oh, this is great. She's perfect. Um, let's have them two get married, Diana and Charles. And he, he's still like secretly seeing Camilla all the time. And he does not care about her at all. It's so obvious. Like, it's so sad to see, but she's so blinded about being a princess. Also, like her parents don't care about her. They're just like, you have to get married to him. Like, leave us alone. Nobody will listen to her that she doesn't she feels like uneasy about the whole thing it's just really sad like when Charles proposes to Diana he doesn't even get on one knee or have a ring he's just like yeah so you can marry me <laughs> and she's like oh my gosh and then she goes and picks out a ring and they open like the family jewels and she's like I like this one and he j and all he says is are you only picking that one because it's the most expensive <laughs> like he just he hates her for nothing of her doing, it's because she is, you know, he's forced to marry her when all he wants is Camilla. So he's horrible to her. They have this press conference, you know, because the Prince of Wales is getting married and everyone loves Diana. I think they think she's so cute. And they ask him about being in love with Diana and all he says is whatever love means. Like he won't look her in the eyes 
it is, it's so sad. So they get married. Diana wants to call off the the wedding because she doesn't feel good about it. No one will listen to her. No one will talk to her. The royal family like shuns her, puts her in this room in the castle, like Kensington Palace and won't even talk to her. Her family won't talk to her. She has like no option but to go through with this wedding. And then they go on this tour. Guess what? Tour of the Commonwealth. It's like, if you don't know what to do with someone, just send them there. And the people love Diana. And you have to remember that Charles has never been liked by anybody in his life, basically, except Camilla. His self-esteem is so low. And then here he is, the heir to the throne, all this stuff. He thinks he should be, like, such a big deal. And people don't like him. They audibly say, like, oh, no, she's on the other side of the line. Like, they get put in the line to see Charles and not Diana. And, yeah, so she's becoming super popular. And she says in her own words, like, she doesn't like the spotlight at all. She's, like, very shy. But, you know, what are you going to do when they love me, I guess? And so Charles gets super resentful of her and he lashes out at her all the time like their marriage sucks he's so awful to her they'll go to an event and she'll be like all shiny and everybody loves her and then they'll get back in and he'll be like you're such a whore like it's so bad the way he treats her um and the better she does and the more the press likes her the more he lashes out at her and the worse their marriage gets which is so interesting because isn't she i don't know isn't she helping him have a have a positive public image it's just weird. So she wants to meet with the queen and be like, hey, you got to help me. Like this marriage sucks. Like it's not going to work. And she loves Charles. She really does love him, but he just treats her so badly. And again, the queen, Philip, nobody will talk to her and people will say slide things to her like, hey, you don't need to make a big scene. Like you just need to suck it up. They're treating her really badly. So season four is just them getting married and then it just shows how awful their marriage is. She does have her two boys during that time. William, who's now next in line. And then Harry, who's a drama queen. <laughs> and she's a great mom. She really, really, really loves her boys. Everything's about her boys. And she keeps getting in trouble because she wants to, like, be home with them and mother them. And everybody, like Charles and everybody, is like, just have the nanny do everything. But she, she likes being a mom. She likes loving her boys. And they both have talked about what like a loving mother she was to them. So super interesting. She becomes incredibly depressed. Like it's really sad. She has some suicide attempts. Um, she won't leave her room. She won't talk to anybody. She gets severe, severe bulimia and anorexia. Um, she's just really unhealthy and it's really, 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 really sad. Another interesting thing is I don't I I had heard of this before but I never heard the story. Um sometime during this time period of like the 80s a guy his name was Michael Fagan, he broke into Buckingham Palace. Which is like insane. <laughs> he just like was drunk one night and high and just like hopped the fence. And he found where the queen's room is and just goes and sits in her room. It was actually like really early in the morning, like right before her morning tea came and she got woken up. So he goes in there and he just sits down and was like, hey, I just want to talk to you. I'm pissed and I hate how things are going. And I was really impressed by the way the queen handled it. She was terrified. <laughs> um, but she was like, okay, yeah, I appreciate your um, opinion and I'm going to take what you said into consideration. Like, again, I'm a fan of the queen of Elizabeth because I think that she's doing her very best. Um, but her very best is at something is protecting the institution, which totally sucks. So kind of interesting. That's the 80s. That's season four. And that brings us to season five or the 90s. Okay, this is essentially the breakdown of Charles and Diana. It's all about Charles and Diana. So <laughs> Charles, he's the worst, okay? Like I keep saying, but he wants to be king so bad. He keeps saying that he's tired of waiting in the wings and all this stuff. But he starts like coming at his mom hard, the queen. He's telling everybody that she should step down, that she's too old and outdated, he is gossiping about her to anyone who will listen. It is just, it's so sad. Like, 
he is the worst. He just is so power hungry, wants to be king so bad. And at the same time, the royal family, again, the queen who's trying to control like the public image, she is desperate for Charles and Diana to appear happy. Like they feel like the whole institution is riding on this totally fake happy marriage of Charles and Diana. So they send them on what they call a second honeymoon. And they organize all these press conferences. I mean, it is so sad. And they get on a big fight. Charles ends it early. It's just, it's a, like, they are just an absolute disaster. Charles ends it early to go continue his affair, to go home to Diana, because, or, I'm sorry, to Camilla, because he misses her so much. It is such a mess, okay? During this time, all of the queen's kids get divorced, which is so funny to me. It's like such a slap in the face. Poor lady. I mean, all she tries to do and stand for is like no divorce and all four of her kids get a divorce. It's so sad. And then quite possibly the juiciest and most cringe thing I have ever heard happens. So Charles and Camilla have been having this affair for decades now, right? Um, They are just, they're so in love. I cannot blame them for being in love because they're so perfect for each other, but they are nasty. So one night, Charles calls Camilla. He calls her all the time. He just calls the home phone. They're all like eating family dinner. Andrew, Camilla's husband, answers. He's like, hey, can I talk to Camilla? I mean, Andrew knows what's going on. I don't get why he stays. Like, it's just so weird. Probably because he has to for the public image of the royal family. I don't know. So he's like, hey, can I talk to Camilla? They go. They're talking. And this phone call leaks. So supposedly, this amateur radioist guy is, like, searching the channels. This, at the time, the phones, you could kind of, like, get on the radio and access the right thing. So he was just surfing the channels, listening to people's conversations and recognizes the Prince of Wales, Charles and Camilla, like the most, like, who else do you want to juice? Who else could you get a juicier conversation from? He's stoked. So he starts recording and he records this really long, gross, like rated (laughs) X conversation that they have. And it is so bad, but I'm not going to get into it, but... (laughs) Probably the most embarrassing thing that's ever been (laughs) exploited of anyone is that Charles says that he would like, they're having this spicy conversation, and Charles says that he he wishes he could be reincarnated as a box of tampons and be Camilla's tampons. Like, uh, it's so bad. The whole thing is just so embarrassing it's like really spicy at some points and then at some points they're like in junior high it is so bad so it gets leaked to the newspaper and the whole phone call transcript gets published like can you imagine first of all the royal family second of all cheating on his wife who everyone loves diana with this lady camilla third of all their conversation gets leaked. And fourth, the things that they said in this conversation are so bad. He's like, I need you every minute of every day. I wish I could be reincarnated as your pants. Wait, no, I wish I could be reincarnated as a box of tampon. Like, oh, it is just the most cringy thing in the world. So after that, that's kind of the final straw. Camilla gets divorced. I mean, what else is she going to do? And Diana is fed up. I mean, she's not even surprised or hurt anymore. She's just like, I cannot believe this has become my life. Like, I've been forced into this. And she's done. So she wears the iconic revenge dress. It's like this gorgeous little black dress that she wears to this party. And everyone is like, ooh, Diana's out for revenge. Um, She gets so sick of it because she's not allowed to divorce. So she starts dating around. She is just, like, so depressed, but it's very admirable. Like, the one thing that kind of lifts her up is she likes to go to hospitals. Um, If you, you know, know anything about Princess Diana, she's a big advocate for AIDS victims. And she really, she really likes going to hospitals for whatever reason and just trying to lift people up there. That's what, like, is one of the only things in her life that brings her joy at the time. So, she does a lot of that. Um... 
But she's like, I can't be in this marriage anymore. So she is trying to go out guns a blazing. So she does this full exposure interview with the BBC, which is like the biggest no-no of the royal family ever. And she basically tells all. She tells everything that Charles has done to her, everything the queen has done to her. She is just like full on. And the royal family is pissed. They are so mad. But it does what she wants and they finally let her get divorced. They finally allow Charles and Diana to get divorced. They release this statement. Um, There's this big thing about like how much money she gets and does she get to keep her title. She's really worried about security because the press is already like so intrusive on her that she almost gets into accidents. She starts to get paranoid that the royal family is, like, messing with the brakes on her car and, like, rigging her calls. Like, she starts to get really paranoid that everybody is, like, trying to hurt her and out to get her. And that's where season five ends and that's where the crown has ended so far. So it's hard to know at this point, like, what's real and what's not. But things end really bad and really scary for Diana. And... It ends in the year 1997, which is the year she died. So when, whenever season six comes out, which probably isn't going to be for a while, we'll get to hear more all about her death and everything. Um, but from what I've read and understood from my research is that, um, yeah, well, a lot of people think that the royal family caused her death because of the way she died. Um, but it seems to be like it wasn't caused by them. It was just a really sad freak accident. I don't know whether or not you believe that is very interesting because they really hate her and hate the way that the public loves her. It's kind of the opposite of like, not my president, (laughs) you know, it's like this, she's my princess. Like, even though she was, you know, divorced and exed out of the royal family, they're like, nope, she's our number one gal. So it'll be very, 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 very interesting to see what happens in season six and the rest of the crown. So that's kind of the gist, the overview of the crown starting from Queen Elizabeth's reign, the main points, you know, from Queen Elizabeth's reign up until 1997, right before Diana dies, kind of like laying the groundwork for all of that drama. Um, But I think it leads really well into the whole Harry and Meghan controversy and documentary right now. Basically, for those who haven't watched it and just want the brief overview So, Charles and Diana had two boys. William is the heir. Harry is the spare. (laughs) And William married Kate Middleton. They're like everyone's perfect couple. Everybody loves them. And then Harry married the American half-black woman, Meghan Markle. So, they completely left the royal family. And they did a, of course, very one-sided Netflix expose documentary Basically, the gist of it is they feel like the media went after Megan, like a lot of racist stuff. They just like tore her to shreds and the royal family didn't do anything to protect her. In fact, they're claiming that they perpetuated some of it because like Diana, they, they compare a lot of it to Diana. And Harry says, you know, I've seen this happen to my mom. I don't want this to happen to my wife. That's that's their point and what they're saying. They're saying that like Diana, Megan was becoming very popular and Megan and Harry can't be more popular than William and Kate because William and Kate are next in line and they're always trying to protect, protect the monarchy, protect who's next in line. So supposedly the palace started really hurting Megan, feeding things to the press to really like destroy her. Um, I don't really know what the point was of the documentary other than I really think it's just to make money. Like now that they're not a part of the royal family, I think they have this hard thing because they have to live celebrity lives, i.e. with security and privacy and stuff, but they don't really have a way to make money. So I don't know. I mean, it's just weird timing with that. And then he has his book coming out called The Spare. Um, I do feel bad for them as a whole. Like I feel bad for Megan getting into this mess, they, they try to make it seem like they're really, really super in love and such a cute couple and great parents. It's very one-sided, but you know, I really do, it comes back to like 
the being in the royal family is abusive. I mean, your whole life is just put on blast and then you have to just sit there quietly. So good for them for leaving, I guess. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about the whole Harry and Meghan thing too. It felt like very whiny and they were just like coming at the family. I think they were trying to make it seem like very dramatic, honestly, to get good reviews and make a lot of money because they don't really have a source of income anymore. So yeah, when the crown comes out with season six and we'll get to really see the whole Princess Diana's death, I think that'll be very, 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 very interesting. I cannot wait for that. There's obviously been a ton of other documentaries and things, but I like the lens of the crown. Like I said, I feel like it's unbiased and I feel like it's very historically accurate. So we'll see. We'll do an episode then. But my overall thoughts of the royal family and the monarchy is like just straight up like it's got to end. Like who who is it good for? It's not good for the people. They're all miserable. <laughs> like I don't know how the queen lived so long with all the stress she was under. It's interesting because this whole this whole five seasons were made while all these people were alive. The Queen of England, Charles, Everybody was alive. It's so fascinating. And I'm especially interested that they allowed this to happen because they didn't always portray them in a positive light. Like, I do feel like it was pretty unbiased. But overall, the monarchy has got to go. I do not see one single benefit. When people in the UK are polled about it, they just say it's it's patriotic. It It's like is what England is. And I'm like, that is really sad. I think England is more than being under rule. <laughs> but then at the same time, like, you know, England, you can do whatever you want. It doesn't really affect me at all, other than it makes for really good in- in- entertainment. So I'm happy if they keep it around. <laughs> but, you know, honestly, God bless America. I'm so glad we love. <laughs> Anyways, that's my thoughts on the royal family. That's the crown and Princess Elizabeth's up you know, most of her reign. Um, let me know what you guys think. I'd love to hear if you're a fan of the royal family or if you also think it's crazy. I hope that if you are British, I didn't offend you too badly. Um, XOXO, love you guys. <laughs> but anyways, thanks so much for listening. Um, we'll catch you guys next week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to I Don't Care, I Love It. You can catch a new episode every Wednesday. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss anything. And if you like this episode, we'd appreciate it so much if you could give us a rating and a review wherever you listen to this episode. Thanks again. We'll see you next week. A five, one, three, two,